The Gospel today is taken from John 6, 16 to 21. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew through rough, too rough. When they had to row three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were terrified, but he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, o Christ. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. The last couple of weeks we have uh, reviewed, studied the feeding of the 5,000, which was the first part of chapter 6, chapter 6, 1 to 15. So today I read only verses 16 to 21. So I want to focus a little bit on this, but I also want to talk a little bit about the passage that we read from Psalms. When we look at the great message of Jesus Christ in what we call the sermons, the teachings, the in Matthew, early part, we call the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached. Thousands of people listening. At the end of the day, the disciples were concerned that the people would be hungry. They should be fed. Last couple of weeks we talked about how they were fed and how the miracles of Jesus caused the people to want to make him their king, their earthly king. And you remember that before that day began, Jesus had wanted to go away and rest when they got to the other side, to Capernaum, he noted that the people that were there by the thousands and Jesus had what on them? Compassion on them. So he did not worry about how he felt, but instead he looked after the needs of the people. We read uh, Kings just now and we read Psalms. In uh, Psalms 145, 10 to 18, I want to refer to that for just a little bit before we go on to back to the question of Jesus in the boat. Psalm 1, 45, verses 10 to 18. This gives us a little bit of a picture on what the character of God, what the love of God is toward His creatures. To those that depend on him. 145 verse 10. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. So that all men may know 
of your mighty works and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is everlasting. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and is loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on his truth. The Lord is loving, he's faithful, and he provides for those who look to him. We have discussed before that although the Old Testament shows that the people of God, the children of Israel, were provided for by God in miraculous ways, both in the wilderness and once they got to Canaan. And those are examples. God providing earthly things was an example of God's faithfulness in providing eternal life. The message of the Bible is not that God is going to feed me and make me successful, but that he will bring us back to himself through Jesus Christ. And the miracles that we see and his faithfulness that we see in providing for our earthly needs is a small example of him providing for our spiritual needs which is to bring us back to Him. You know, human beings work very hard to provide for whom? Their family. For their family. It is natural for humans and all nature to reproduce and to want children. If you go out there and take a look at the world, take a look at parents, take a look at providers, those that are given the responsibility to look after others, even adopted children. And you find that people work harder for their dependents than they work for themselves. I heard somebody say the other day, I don't remember who it was, but, oh, it was about buying shoes. I was in the home of a family, not far from uh, your home, Sister Amy. And uh, this family used to attend church many, many years ago. They haven't been attending any church at all. And I actually met them here in the afternoon, because they attended South Asian Church in the afternoon on Sunday. So they asked me to come and visit with them at their home. I did. And... Uh, he was telling a story about somebody who came from uh, Pakistan and was interested in buying shoes. And somebody had said to him, buy shoes, expensive shoes. So he said he wanted to, what are the best shoes you can buy? He says, I don't know. I've only bought shoes at $20, $30. And I know they wear out quickly. But when they wear out, I go buy another one. He says, I've never bought expensive shoes in my life. And then he stopped. He says, except for my son, I spent $200 on shoes for him. 
Isn't that just like a parent? I've told you stories about my dad. So God, in a deeper, in a more meaningful way, is more interested in and preoccupied with providing our needs more than our earthly parents. You know, I, uh, from time to time, I indulge and tell you stories about my dogs and my chickens. On, uh, I, I, from my chickens, there's one chicken that somehow she just wants to hang out with me. I call her red because that's what her color is. She's red. And when I go out, summertime, they walk around outside. They have access to go out and in of the coop. When I go out the door, she's waiting over there. And when I come in from outside and I drive up to the driveway, wherever she is, she comes running. She really does. Cluck, 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 she comes running. On uh, Friday, I was with uh, Sherlyn and uh, Shanta. And later in the day, I went back home and sure enough, there's a chicken. So, what did I do? I sat right down there in the driveway, on the ground, and I let the chicken come over, and she come and she got on my leg. She didn't want any food. She didn't want any water. And I'm not sure what she wanted, so I was just talking to her. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but I was talking to my chicken. And my bad luck just then, a neighbor drove into my driveway and saw me sitting there uh, on the ground in my driveway talking to my chicken, happy as could be. I'm sure he thinks I'm crazy. But for me, that was a little heaven. Where we could commune. And where I know this little bird doesn't need food. She's got plenty of food. She's got plenty of water. But she has trust in the person who gives that food and that water. The other day, one of my workers showed up at the house. I told you this. He got out of the car and Little Red ran over to the car thinking that was it. And he told me the story. He, she ran over and just about eight or ten feet from him, she just stopped. And realized it was not me. And she ran off. Because the trust is not in him. But in he who provides. God is completely, utterly faithful to provide for us even before we know that we will require. God focuses on our requirement for salvation. And He provides and He provided for it before the foundations of the earth. He provided a Savior for us. I want to point out to the last part of the passage you read in Psalms. Those that look up at him, those that look to him, are the ones whom he can provide for. Although in nature he provides for everything and everybody because he's a controller of all nature. 
with regards to salvation, provides for those who look up. John, in his record, talks about this experience of Jesus walking on the water. Matthew 14 and Mark 6 also talk about it. I'm going to take you down to Matthew, if you will, instead of John, because I want to focus on a different part of this passage. Matthew 14, and we'll go to verses 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out with fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out, and I will come to the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, and he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. When those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Many, many lessons to learn here, but let me focus on a couple. The Sea of Galilee, we call it the sea, but it's not really a sea. It's hardly a sea. It's about 10, 12 miles uh, long, north and south, and it's about four and a half to five miles wide. In some areas, it's even less than that. When you go to the northern part, it's just a small portion. And it is in that area where they go from Galilee to Capernaum across the sea. And so that's where they were headed to Capernaum. And so this is where all this takes place. Jesus now is up in the mountain praying. And he comes down into the sea. The sea had caught, uh, the boat had got caught in a bit of a storm. The sea is only about 150 feet or so deep. It's not a very deep uh, lake. And if you know bodies of water, the bodies of water, the most shallow, are the ones that have the quickest storms. Because when the winds blow, there is no room at the bottom for it to settle down. So when we have great storms out at, in the open ocean, it takes a really big storm to make really big waves. But it doesn't take much of a storm to make a big wave in smaller lakes. Like if you go to Lake uh, Simcoe up north, very fast. You can have a beautiful sunny day, you can be out in your boat, and you find the, the, the little bit of clouds come in and a little bit of wind, and before long you know you got a storm. Right? They've lost a lot of boats on Lake Simcoe, smaller boats. You go to Lake Scugog by uh, Port Perry, same thing. Small little lake, but it can be a storm just like that. 
of the Great Lakes, the lake that has had the most ships sink is Lake Erie. They sink more ships in Lake Erie than they do in the ocean. You know why? It's too shallow. It's very shallow. And this is a very shallow lake where Jesus and the disciples are. And a storm comes up very quickly. They've got in the boat. They're going to go across. Not a long distance to go. But there, while they're rowing at night. And the reason it takes them so long, because they're fighting the water. Otherwise, it would have been across in no time at all. It's not a big lake. So they're fighting the waves. Storm comes up. They see a ghost. What they think is a ghost walking on the water toward them. These guys are afraid anyway. They see this ghost walking, and Jesus says, "Don't be afraid. It is I." They recognize his voice. And Peter, true to his character, what does he say? If it is you, call me out, and I will come out. Now look at the faith of this man. He says, call me out and I will come. And he steps out of the boat and it begins to walk on water. Imagine that. Imagine that. Many of us who don't swim and even those of us that do get a bit nervous when you get in deep water, especially if it's really cold water and there's stormy weather. Makes you nervous, no doubt about it. Here we have stormy weather and it's cold and Peter is not the greatest swimmer in the world, we'll see. He goes out, look at his faith. Look at his faith. It reminds me of a story. Three pastors are good friends. One is a pastor of a Lutheran church. The other is a uh, pastor of a Baptist church. And the third is a pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist church. And the Lutheran uh, and the Baptist pastors, they know each other for a long time, Sherland. And uh, the Adventist pastors recently made friends and said, listen, let's go fishing. So they go up by this cottage and they go fishing. They take this Adventist guy, they go in a little rowboat, they go fishing out there. They're off a little bit. I think I told you this story before, did I? There, the Lutheran pastor says, call him. Lutheran pastor says, hey, I, I, I gotta go bathroom. I'll be right back. He steps out of the boat, starts walking on the water. He goes to the shore and does what he needs to do. He walks back on, gets into the boat. And the Adventist guy is looking to him. What? What did I just see? Soon the Baptist pastor says, Well, I gotta use the bathroom there. I gotta go to the bathroom. So he gets out of the boat, starts walking, and does his thing, and he comes back and the Adventist guy is just like, Oh my goodness, what's going on here? And a little while later in the afternoon, the Adventist can't help himself and he says, I gotta go to the bathroom. So he stands up, steps out of the boat, and he goes down into the water. And the Lutheran says to the Baptist, Do you think we should tell him where the rocks are? We cannot walk on water no matter how righteous we think we may be. We can't. 
nature can do it and make us do it. Peter steps out regardless of any rocks. He steps out in faith. Bible tells us he looks at Jesus. Let me read it to you. Then Jesus said, Lord, Peter said, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the walk, boat, walked on the water and came toward who? Came toward Jesus. He's looking at Christ. He's walking toward Jesus Christ. Then what does he do? He begins to look around and he sees the waves and the winds and what happens? Peter goes down in the water. As soon as it begins to go down, he looks back where? He looks back where? He looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, oh no, don't worry about it. You don't need me. Okay. Is that what Jesus did? Jesus said, Bounce around a couple of times. This is what this is what people think. Oh no, you go down three times before you drown. Have you heard that? That's not true. You can go down the first time. Jesus didn't say, okay, you 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 swallow a bit of water first and then out. The Bible tells us that immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and he lifted him out of the this story teaches us less about our ability to walk on water, but more about the ability of God to save us from our sins and from eternal death. We don't have to do anything. What did Peter do in order to be walking on water? What did he do? Did he practice walking on water? think so. Did he research the rocks to see where the rocks? Don't think so. When he went down into the water, did he begin to swim? The Bible doesn't tell us that. He didn't, he didn't start to try and swim and figure out his own way to be saved, did he? Only did one thing. He looked upon Jesus. This is the story of our redemption. This is the story of our salvation. There is nothing that I can do that I may be saved. The only thing that we can do is in faith look to the power of God in Jesus Christ so that through His love and grace and mercy He will hold me and pull me out of that sin, that lake of sin and unrighteousness. And lift me up to himself. And put me into the safety of that boat that I call eternity and heaven. That I may be with him. He provides. He loves. There are days when, there are times when I don't buy my dog food in advance, not my dog food, food for the dogs, you know what I mean. For chickens, I buy several bags at a time and I have them and we come down to one or two, I go and buy some more because I got to go to a specialty store. 
But for the dogs, I can go to Walmart and buy the food. So I just I bag are big, so I just buy one at a time. Sometimes I leave it too late. But do you know that I know that on this day the dogs not have no more food left? Because I forgot. But I know how much they had. And I know how much they have. I may not be concerned about my own food, as you know, as I'm not often a concern. But my dogs are never out of food. Never. I arrange in advance. And if for one reason or another I forget, I will not go home unless I have their food. Not because I'm a good guy. Because I know that they're depending on me. And I know you would do the same thing. For our righteousness, we cannot do anything. We look upon God through Jesus Christ, who provides for us without having to earn it. We submit to God and ask Him to accept us in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we can be seen as righteous. That he may accept us into his presence. That we may be with him for eternity. God desires us to be with him much more than we desire to be with him. Because he can love more deeply. He can love more completely than we ever can. And God's call to me, God's call to you, is the same. Come unto me. All need that labor and a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. God invites us to respond to his call. And on his behalf, I want to invite every one of you to respond to his call. That we may find eternal rest with him starting today. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? If Jesus returns to this earth while we are still alive, you and I are already living eternal life. Do you know how compelling that is? Do you know how what, what a strong thought that is? In Jesus Christ, if we are hidden in Jesus Christ, and we are alive when Jesus returns, let's say tomorrow in five years and ten years, if we are alive, we will never see death. This is eternal life for those who believe when Jesus comes if we're still alive. But only if we stretch out our hand and ask Him to save us. I invite you to stretch out your hand and ask Jesus to take you into His palms, into His hand, that we can live with Him for eternity. God bless you. Amen.